This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture, with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. It's time for the second annual Life of an Architect hypothetical show. This is the time when we briefly pause our regular serving of architectural musings and insight to recognize that it's a major holiday week, which means Christmas for Andrew and me. And everybody else is mentally exhausted and ready for a break, and we're here for you with the hypotheticals. Welcome to the Life of an Architect podcast. I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today is a very special day. Not only is this the last episode of the Life of an Architect podcast 2020 season, but I get to welcome back my partner in crime, Andrew Hawkins. All right, Andrew, (laughs) you're back. Yeah, I'm back among the living. Let's talk about it. I took a short hiatus due to catching the virus. You had a holiday. I got the COVID and it was not a holiday, even though it did occur over the Thanksgiving holiday. Ruined all of that. Brutal. I am back among the living after spending copious amounts of time in bed, in pain, asleep, and doing other terrible, terrible things. It was not a fun two weeks for sure. Yeah. And actually, I'm still probably not 100% back. But I'm at least able to stand up and walk around my house and sit in front of a computer and things like that. Well, I'm looking at you and we're making eye contact and we're talking to one another. Am I going to get the COVID? I hope not. Am I safe? Hopefully it can't be transmitted over the miles and miles between us. Well, after hearing how it kind of manifested for you, I definitely don't want it. So, you know, beforehand, I thought "Ah, it'd be a nice way to lose a little weight, but it was not a nice (laughs) way for anything. It was terrible. It was really, really terrible. Yeah, you didn't have any lung issues, though. You just had, like, pain galore. Yeah, it was just, like, super body aches and fatigue and nausea, those kind of things. But not any respiratory issues, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. because that would have made it a whole lot worse. Wasn't pain galore the name of a bond? Temptress? (laughs) No, I think it was a different different letter in the P category. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so everyone's glad to have you back. Glad that you are back among the semi-living. I am too. And I will count myself among the living because I am miles and miles ahead of where I was about two weeks ago, week and a half ago. I was thinking that maybe I need to put you in like a dog kennel for a couple days just to see how you were going to turn. Make sure I don't turn. Yes. uh And then if things went bad, I was going to push you overboard. Push me over into the drink, right? Yeah. Just, you know, I'm willing to do that for you. I know. That's what friends are for. That's what good friends are for. I know. I know. I'm there when you need me. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so because Andrew was sick and because this is leading to the holidays, the way we kind of dealt with this this year is we have three hypotheticals that we're going to go through on this episode. The first one and the second one do not involve Andrew because I think he was comatose when these were actually recorded. <laughs> but we saved the last one for him, the place of honor. So the first one is a good one. I actually recruited a bunch of people from my office to join us. And so let's just take a moment and I'll just let you roll right into the first one. So here you go. I'm sitting here with Lane Acree, associate principal at Boca Pal, sits two desks over from me, and principal Jason Hansen, who sits one desk away from me. And they both agreed to do today's hypothetical question. And there's a reason why I asked them in particular. And it's because whenever I'm trying to vet out the questions that I record on the show with Andrew Hawkins, these guys 
have to answer it before I decide if there's enough meat on the bone. And they're almost always so ridiculous that I go, it's going to be great. That's This is the litmus test. So I said, finally, I'll just get them both on and we'll just do one and everyone will see. So I chose a particularly silly hypothetical question for us tonight. So Lane, welcome to the show. Jason, welcome to the show. You're we're, you're Newcomer. new. This is, yeah, this is new for you. Thank you. How excited are you? Super. <laughs> I'm 0 for 1, apparently, on this, so I'm, I'm interested to see if I can pull up that record. So, we'll see. So, Lane did the Vampire v. Werewolf. Vampiring? Yes. Everybody's come back and said that Werewolf's the way to go. That's totally no, not right. Yeah. Well, the people have spoken, Lane. <laughs> yeah. 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 The people. So, let's do this. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Here's the question. This question's a good one. You are paid $30,000. I'm out. <laughs> I got to ask the question. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. You are paid $30,000 for each consecutive month that you go without bathing yourself in any manner. That means no baths, no showers. You can't brush your teeth. Absolutely no actions whatsoever that involves wiping filths off your body. Would you do this and for how long? That was a little nod to our Letterkenny fans out there. Letterkenny's. Yes. I'm impressed. So that's so here it is. That's the gist, right? Thirty thousand yeah. dollars a month. Nothing in your life is different other than you get thirty thousand dollars for going an entire month without cleaning yourself in any capacity. And you get that thirty thousand dollars for every consecutive month that you go. So essentially it could be your job. This could be your job. Yeah. There's no prorated amount. No, there's no prorated amount. And I'm telling you, you need to think of it as a job because if you're on like month two or three, I'm firing you. <laughs> All right. I got a question. Yes. Is this a rolling clock? I can just keep building up or am I signing up for six months today? And if I don't make it, I get nothing. No, no. You get for every month, you get a check. It's like a job. All right. Okay. My next question about that similar lines of what Jason just asked. If I do it for a month and decide to take a break, can I come back? No, that's why I said consecutives month. Consecutives. <laughs> okay. Can I jumps in the pool? Yes, you can. <laughs> now, that is something I, we, I knew was coming. You can get in the ocean. You can get in the pool. You can get in a creek. I don't care. But you can't wipe yourself off. And you can't towel yourself dry. That's tough. But you can wear fresh new clothes every day. You can put on new clothes. Yeah, because you're probably buying a whole lot of new stuff, I would imagine, right? Well, I'm buying it beforehand. I'm not going out. Stocking up. <laughs> as much brute and Old Spice as you can get your hands Picard on. Picard Noir it up, baby. So you can mask yourself as much as you want mm -hmm. to make it through. Yes. Hmm. Any other questions, Jason? Yeah. Is this in current day situation where I'm yeah. working from home half the time anyways? Yeah, mm. sure. Why not? This is right now. All right. He said, if it's your job, you, in theory, can just be like stink boy all the time. So, assuming 30K a month is what you can bring in and make your live your best life, as they say. Yeah. All right. Who do we want to start with? Who wants to go first? As moderator, I go last because it's my job to destroy you with the silliness of your answers. <laughs> with how dumb we are. Yes. I think since Jason's new, he, he needs to go first. 
Oh, okay. I got seniority. Nice. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As the assistant to this crew, I would say I'm going six months. You think you can go six months? My initial thought was two, but I'm pushing it. I'm going for six months on this with one major fear. Your teeth falling out of your mouth. Teeth. Teeth is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how you deal with the teeth. (laughs) They just get a stick on Survivor and just start scraping. I, I think that's what you got to do. That's cleaning. You can't do that. That's I can't so, even. So funny. I can't even use the stick. No. What that's if I'm not, eating the stick? You could eat if you were to break off a piece of stick and put it in your mouth and chew it. You have to swallow it. They make those mint dog toys for you know treats for that. Greenies. You can just chew on greenies. You'll you'll be good. Yeah, but you got to eat those. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to eat it. Right. Dog treats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than a can of cat food. So here's a consideration for you. And Lane, this is going to be coming for you too. Yeah. So do you think you still have your job after six months? You know how bad you're going to smell? You'd have to make a deal. You probably could since you're so senior there to say, I'm going to take a six month sabbatical so you can rack up 180K and then you clean up and then you come back to work. I think I'm working at least the first month or two. <laughs> yeah, that's true to that. <laughs> yeah. So is this like, you, do you let somebody know that this is going on or you just wait till you get called out and say, well, this is actually what's going on. You can't tell. No, I'm going to say you can't tell anybody that you're getting paid to not clean yourself. Not even family. Well, you can tell your family, but you can't like tell your job and go, Hey, I got this thing going. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a fun one to try and explain to your wife. Right. Nope. Just not doing it. Yeah, and I'm not going to work. They're like, what's going on? You got kids, Jason. Right. You got family. You got to take care of them. So they, they can know, but you can't go into one of the partner's offices and say, look, here's what's happening. I'm not going to clean myself because I'm getting paid a lot of money to not do it. So y'all just going to have to roll with this for a while. This is going to be such a struggle for me. Six be- months. Yeah, not good. You still sticking with six months? I haven't heard anything yet to sway me. Oh, I got something, but I'm saving it. <laughs> All right. You mean to dive in? Yeah. I think it's hilarious. So I'm, I was thinking about my answer, right? Been thinking about how I was going to approach this. And Jason comes out of the gate just like, six months, I'm doing this. I was contemplating, I don't even know if I can make this a month. And Jason's just like, six months. That's it. I think I can do this for six months. I think you have to do it for at least a month. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Come there's on, no, Lane. There's no question it's at least a month. I don't know. I think Lane spends about an hour every morning getting ready. <laughs> Crimping, getting everything perfect. Can you imagine what his hair would be like? (laughs) Lane's already got like maybe maybe this is the the question to answer or appropriate like uh, to answer, but I'm asking anyways. Like, what is the length of time that you guys have gone without doing this? Have you ever tried this at all? No, in any capacity. No, I can't go more than a day without a shower. Yeah, yeah. So I I played sports. There was like uh, summer tournaments that we would go. Or I'd get pretty ripe after two days. I don't think I could do it. I seriously, I don't think I could do it <laughs> at all. You're just, you're just bouncing. No, I, I'm done. <laughs> I don't think 30k. I don't know. I think I need a little bit more in the pot. Honestly, that's ridiculous. Is it? It's too ridiculous. You have to do one month because you know what? You have that much vacation time, so there is no impact to your job. And I'm sure that they would let you work yeah. from home. Quite honestly. 30,000. You know how much wine you could buy for your 30,000? Like four bottles. <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah. I think I could try it for a month. I'd probably get to week three and just be like, uh-uh, 
can't do it. But then you're so close. No, no, that's like the Aggie joke. Did you hear about the Aggie who was going to swim across the ocean? He got halfway there, got tired, so he swam back. Yeah, that's wrong. What happened? Jason's an Aggie, so. Jason's like, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, what's that mean? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Sounds like a good decision. <laughs> so what, what was the other wrinkle in it, Bob, that you said you had last? What was okay, it? since I haven't yeah. answered, since I haven't answered, yeah. here's the wrinkle. You do realize that this also means you can't use toilet paper. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that's cleaning yourself. That is taking basically paper towel. So you just need to install a bidet for your six months. Yeah, bidet, but no drying. You just got to go. Oh, they make toilets for that. You drip dry from the... But see, that's cleaning yourself. That's like saying, I'm going to stand in front of the shower and not wipe my body. I'm work. jumping in the pool every time, and no one else is swimming for six months. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it changes the answer, though, doesn't it, it? It really does. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, it just affirmed my answer, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you won this one. Yeah. Lane's like, I win. Yeah, you scared him off from the last one. No, I I think there's a there's definitely a monetary value that I think it starts to make sense. That 30K, I don't know. That's. That sounds like I'm just like, I don't need money. That's whatever. Yeah, it does. But, man, it's tough. I think it, that would be tough to do. Obviously, the point of this is to make it hard enough to where you go, boy, I don't know. I don't know. The no toilet paper. Yeah. That's an ender. I wasn't thinking. No. And you know, and if, uh, well, I won't say it, but some men, that would be even worse. You know, the the more... <laughs> Of the hairy variety. I said it. I just went ahead and said it. <laughs> Jason's out on that one. Then. <laughs> I'm going to say it's unreasonable, right? Because there's no answer if you can't use, you can't do that. Yeah. So I'm going to say you can use hay. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so wait, hay, hay could go anywhere or does it just have to be in that certain region to take care of that aspect yes, of your life? the latter. You can only use hay. <laughs> we can't clean our entire bodies with hay. No. No. I mean, you could roll around in hay. That'd probably help out a little bit, too. I mean, hay doesn't smell good either. That's not helping <laughs> anywhere but there. I don't understand the answer. <laughs> you can use hay. Does, are you back to six months? <laughs> no. <laughs> hay. What's yours? I think you're just going to start hearkening back to like Braveheart. And walking around in kilts and stuff because you just need to stay aired out and natural for as long as you can. I think I could go two years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just come out. Surprised by that months, answer. I got this. Two years done. You'd have to shave your head, right? Immediately. Because that's like the most obvious sign that you're dirty. And that, like, from a distance at least. And then, like, the odor's next. <laughs> like, you'd be in a bubble. You could be, like, a bubble person for a while. I'm waiting for Bob to say, I've already been doing this for two weeks. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm halfway there. It's the teeth, really. Yep. Before the, the you can't use toilet paper actually dawned on me, I was thinking, if I can get past the teeth, I could probably go, I go a year. I could go a year. For sure. Really? So is it teeth for both of y'all? That's just a hang-up? Oh, yeah. It's a big hang-up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Family can deal with me it, smelling bad for a few months. 
Okay, so look, for $30,000 a month, and I'm not working, clearly. <laughs> clearly, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a job. So I would go live on an, you know, on a beachy environment or something, and I'd be in the ocean, you know, and I'd have like that sun kind of oceany, sandy smell rather than just like stink. You're not going to have clean smell, but you're not going to have dank BO smell. <laughs> dank BO. Seven months in, you are. No, I, th- I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. No way. All right. So if you're on an island by yourself, is teeth still your worry? No, no. See, there's difference. So if we say, oh, yeah, Tom Hanks in Castaway, he could clean himself even though he didn't have soap. Like he could take the stick and rub his teeth or, you know. Yeah, and he still had a bad tooth. He had a bad tooth before he left. Ah, that's right. All right. So you get in there and you could wipe yourself off with whatever you want. He could clean himself. We're saying you can't clean yourself. So all you're left with is just like rinse and repeat. That's it. And according to Lane, rolling around in hay. <laughs> in sand. I guess if you're on a beach, you're just rolling around in sand. I think sand would be a big factor. I think with that, you would definitely be able to go a little bit longer, scrape a little bit of that stuff off unintentionally. <laughs> but not hay. Hay's just for the that other business. That's still, no. I, I'm down to like a month tops. <laughs> I, I think that's binary. If you go, there's only hay, then you're like, I can go like two days. <laughs> then you're I'm right. like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could go more than two days. Yeah, you got to solve that problem. I'm still fascinated by the the teeth thing from you guys. Is this like you talking to somebody or is this like you just know that your breath is so bad, you don't even want to talk to yourself or open your mouth at all? Or are you just worried about the decay? It's not about breath. It's about, I don't want my teeth falling out when I'm done with this and have to spend $100,000 on new teeth. But I think your diet has a lot to do with that. I would assume if you were trying to do this, that something's got to change, which obviously your diet would help that hay situation, I would imagine, too. So Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're really trying to strategize how to stretch this thing out, you, you're going to have to like make some significant life changes, you know? So is it better to go to an all-liquid diet in that instance? Or like as high fiber as possible? Don't want to dig into that question. <laughs> we really shouldn't spend any more time talking about this part. <laughs> so let's just say that you can use toilet paper. All right, we're back. That part of it's gone. And the truth is, if I said you get a toothbrush, you get a toothbrush and toilet paper, for sure I'm going a year. Oh, at least. Oh, at least a year. That's that's all I need to live. Yes, this is my job now. I'd go on the lecture circuit. <laughs> teach other people it's, it's it's funny that it's it's the amenities that you add in to make it worth versus like more money to make it harder yeah just a toothbrush <laughs> like if you could get an extra 15k to not have the toothbrush would that be worth it Mm-mm. no another 30k for the toilet paper and stick with hay gotta have the toothbrush <laughs> you know what if you gave me a hundred thousand dollars a month i'd probably give that a go yeah even without the hay no hay no <laughs> <laughs> no hay, no toothbrush, hundred grand a month. I'd do one month. You know what? I owe it to my family. You owe it to your family to not do that. They're like, look, you just go somewhere else for that month and then you put the money in the family bank account. That's how that works. Disappear. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. A hundred at a hundred K you could suffer for a month and make it work and you just walk away. Done. I don't 
feel like with 100K, you should be able to walk away. You should have to try to live your regular life. Look, if you're not using toilet paper, you're not walking away. (laughs) (laughs) After a month, it's going to be a horror show down there. But at 100 grand a month, I'm pretty sure my family would say, hey, you need to, Kate's going to be in school. My daughter's going to be in school for a while. They're like, you need to do at least four months. (laughs) That's what you got to do. 10 months and you got a retirement account. All right. So back to my initial question. Let's say you've got toilet paper (laughs) and a toothbrush, but I tell you, you have to pick an amount of months right now. And if you don't make it, you get nothing. Mm. Is it still 30,000? Yeah. 30,000, but you've got to lock it in up front. Nine months. (gasps) Wow. Nine months. Solid. I'm pulling back to three months at that point. Really? Yeah, because something's going to come up that you're just not expecting. I'm just going a month. I'll just take a month on that one. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, right, it's about mental fortitude. Because, like, how much worse do you? How much worse do you stink in month four than month three? Does it really get that much worse? Dude, I'm worried about day three. Y'all are talking about months. I mean, clearly you guys haven't yeah. done like an extent of time where like you're on vacation and you're not doing any of this, your normal stuff. And you can tell that you start to get ripe, right? I mean, you just know. You guys, ne- has never happened in your life? You've never gone no. to that extent of time at all? Not recently. Yeah. Well, Lane's going to call me tomorrow and say, hey, can you cut all that out about just how ripe I let myself go in my life? <laughs> <laughs> Bob, to your point, I don't want to get desensitized to the fact that I smell terrible and I look terrible and all this other... Like, I don't want to go four months and be like, oh, it's fine now. Who cares? I'll just go nine months. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you're desensitized. I'm just saying on a scale of one to 10, right? After three months, you are a 10 on the stink factor. After four months, you're still a 10. At seven months, you're 10. Like, how much... You can't really get any stinkier at some point. I'm thinking. There's got to be. Really? Could you get even stinkier? I don't think so. But how long can you go being a 10? I think at week two, you're a 10 at the most. (laughs) (laughs) I think Lane, you would be definitely, uh, you'd be a 10 after a couple days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right. I think uh, you you couldn't go to a cold weather environment, right? Because then you couldn't like jump in ice cold water to try to get a little of that swampiness off you you're not sweating as much yeah right you wouldn't perspire as much so there's a give and take there a little Mm. bit but everything's covered up it's good you're a micro brewery (laughs) in your clothes (laughs) yeah but if i've got eight layers on then i'm less noticeable like i'm not walking around in a swimsuit and everyone just knows from a half a mile away in the the cold may be the way to go I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be hot. Definitely wouldn't be hot. I wouldn't go to that climate. No, I think I'd be okay with the hot. I think I'd be all right. I definitely, I definitely have to go to like a warm beach environment for sure. I don't want to be wrapping up my. Oh God! Just yeah, thinking there's no of, hay in the cold. It doesn't exist. And your fingers aren't that nimble when it's cold. As you're maneuvering hay. <laughs> I do think there's something to the cold, though, when you have a number of layers that you can put on that is masking what you would normally just walk around and smell. 
So there is some advantage there. Now, eventually, I'm sure you have to strip down and you just like, oh my God, I need to put those layers back on. Yeah, but that's momentary. In the hot, you can't do that. I think the cold is the answer. Yeah, cold is the answer. Sweaters, jackets. But I'd still, still only do it for a month. All sorts of layers. So there, there's not even an attempt to do like, even if it's a superficial rinse, there's no rinse in cold weather. I can find some sort of a natural steam <laughs> hot bath thing. Yeah, you're going to go to like, you can say, well, I'm going to have to go to Hot Springs, Arkansas to do this. Yeah, in the cold. In the wintertime. There's people that jump in cold water all the time. I'm going to Iceland. Yeah. I don't know what they smell like in Iceland. They don't know what I smell like. You could go into a sauna and just sweat like crazy and then do a plunge and then just get out, right? I think you'd be probably pretty fresh after that. Yeah, you'd feel great. Yeah. I think I got nine months. It's easy. It's in the bank. Well, in Jason's scenario, if I have to say the amount of months, I'm still going to say a month. If I can go month to month, then I might try, you know, see how I feel at week three and then keep going if I can. Now, remember, this is the you get toilet paper and toothbrush. Nine months. Yeah, I know. You're one month in that scenario. Yes, just one month in that scenario. And I wasn't even doing the month for the 30K without any of that stuff. So, All right, Jason. I think I've talked myself back down to three months in that scenario because I'm just afraid I'd lose it. And then you went three months and you get nothing. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm living it up. And Bob's at nine months. Didn't you say nine months? Nine months. Nine months in the hottest place he can find. No, I think I'm coming around. He wants to sweat. He wants nasty. <laughs> I'm going to go to Iceland or, or go to Finland. Right, yep. I'm gonna do the sauna and the in the cold water plunge. Yeah, because I did that last uh, like two Christmases ago. You can do it; it's not bad, and you feel good. I'm super confident. Right. I won this. I'm I'm gonna give myself first place. Dang it! And answering this question, I knew that was gonna happen. Jason came in. He's silver medalist. Lane, you're bronze. I think we can raise some money. I think everybody should raise money and see if we can get Bob to do this. Like legit, do this. Is that would that work? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I would I would honor that if you guys came up with thirty thousand dollars a month for me to do this. I would I would honor it. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for helping right. me out with the hypothetical for the hypothetical show. It was a pleasure. Hope you had a good time. Eh, did always. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys suck. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> see ya. And we're back. All right, so. Big shout out to both Lane Acree and Jason Hansen for partaking on that one. Clearly that one was ridiculous and stupid, but it was also awesome and funny. So as they all should be, that's the goal. You know what? We won't get into this. You know, we've talked about it before. Coming up with these hypotheticals is hard. And someone suggested one from my office and I thought I couldn't stop laughing about it for a while. But then I realized it's done in like 45 seconds because that's one of the problems with some of these hypothetical questions is they have to be hard and so absurd in order to be like have enough meat on the bone to talk about for a while. Yeah, they've got to at least require some amount of conversation back and forth other than yes or yeah, but, answer. But we don't want to talk about death and who's going to die and you're Sophie's choice, right? Yeah, so maybe. So the, it's a narrow kind of place where we're trying to exist. So somebody came over and they said, I've got a hypothetical question for you. And I said, okay, what is it? 
And they said, if your bed sheets had to be made out of deli meat, what deli meat would you choose? <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> honestly, my brain instantly said bologna. Oh, I, I can't. <laughs> and they made the same face. They're like, that's gross. Bologna has a very strong odor to it. And I was like, it's the memory foam of deli meats, though. I'm thinking. Mm, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, true. It is kind of, it's got that <laughs> smushy consistency. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what? And they're like, what about like prosciutto? And I was like, that's the stickiest of all the lunch meats. So I'm not sure that, that one would be very good. So we went down yeah. that for, mm. for about two or three minutes, just giggling about how ridiculous it was. And I went, yeah, we can't talk about that one. So. Yeah, I kind of feel like that all be the same, but I'd go with turkey, maybe. I don't know. Because after a while, they're all going to smell. I mean, how often am I changing out my deli meat I don't know. Sheets? You got to eat them. You got to eat it. Oh. And my. when you're... That's <laughs> <laughs> gross. The, the problem with turkey is if it's real turkey, it's going to fall apart. Like you're going to try to pull the yeah. sheet up and you're just going to end up with like two handfuls of turkey meat. <laughs> the rest of the sheet. This is true. Right, yeah. Okay. It doesn't work. That's... It falls apart. It's too easy. All right, yeah. you, need, yeah. you need something that has like a loaf-like consistency, I'm thinking. Ooh, yeah. Like a pimento loaf or pickle loaf oh, or whatever yeah. it is that... Olive loaf. Isn't that the meat that's like bologna with olive slices in it? Uh, yeah. And doesn't it also have like pistachios? I think so. No, pimento, not pistachios. It doesn't have nuts in it. It has those no, little No, there's like, that one. What, what is that? Oh, that's a type of bologna that has the pistachios in it. Oh, that sounds good. Mortadella. Gross. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why we're talking about this. I don't Look. know. Let's move on. Let's move on. So here's the second hypothetical. This one was with technically my boss, Andrew Bennett. And this was his idea. He suggested this question. And I just need to say right now, Andrew, if you're listening, don't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here with Andrew Bennett, who technically is my boss at Boca Pal. And I have asked him to join me on this hypothetical question as Andrew Hawkins is still convalescing at home. So Andrew Bennett is going to sit in and we're going to do a hypothetical. And I'm going to tell you, you've never met a more enthusiastic hypothetical question player man than Andrew Bennett. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. That's a great intro. And yeah, and I don't like the word boss, but we'll roll with that. Don't fire me. No problem. Yeah. When I tell you that you answered incorrectly, don't fire me. Yeah, no worries. We got this. Okay, so here we go. So Andrew actually supplied his own hypothetical question for today's uh, recording. Let's get to it. You ready for this? I am ready, and that means that I can't be wrong. My answer will be correct. No, I'm the moderator. <laughs> I am the ultimate yeah. overlord hypothetical moderator. So, All right, so here we go. Here's the question. Your company has elected to work completely from home for the next five years and are going to relocate you to your choice of the following. You can live in the most idyllic setting imaginable, whatever that means to you, but you have to live in a tent. Or you can live in a mansion and all the requisite trappings of a large glamorous house, but you will be placed in what you would think of as an extremely undesirable location. You will have all the things you need to perform the duties associated with your job, so which one do you choose? Wow. So this is way better than facing a wild chimpanzee in the alley. 
Yeah, that's uh, for the those last of you one. keeping score at home. Yes, I was blessed with that one. But hey, since I helped you concoct this one, you know, the idea of living in a tent is not something that I relish because I'm not a big camper. I'm not that good at it, and I'm a little bit sensitive, as it were, to being able to sleep well and eat well. But I thought it would be fun to at least think about that. And then the idea that the second choice of being in a mansion is this idea that maybe I'm in the armpit of America in the worst place in America. But having said that, you know, the idea is that these are places you don't want to be. So something rural, something out in the country, something that doesn't have all the all the other cool things that our big cities have. But I think the answer is pretty obvious for me. I'm, I'm going with tent. Wait, hold on. Yes. So one of the things we need to clarify before you just like jump in bazooka your way <laughs> to the answer is there's rules associated with this. Well, those are rules you're going to make up as we speak. Well, we need to set some ground rules right from the beginning. So for you, a rural environment is unpleasant because it may not be unpleasant for somebody else, right? Exactly. Which is why the question is, whatever undesirable means to you, that's where we're going for. Like, that's your option. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so you're going for, yes. let's get into your answer before I destroy it. Okay, go. When, when I chatted with you about this idea, the idea of living in a tent scares the hell out of me for a lot of reasons, but the idea of living in a place that's very idyllic, and obviously if I'm going to live in a tent, I'm not living in a cold environment. I'm going to be living in a really idyllic island location, something exotically tropical and something really inspirational, something that's really experiential that I can get out and go hike every morning. So I can elaborate on that in a minute when you shoot my idea down. <laughs> So you're going for beach location and a tent. Yeah. And I think, again, you're going to set some ground rules here in a minute. But I mean, if we're in a tent, that's a roof over my head. But the idea of cooking will still be probably over a campfire or some sort of a cooktop that you, that's portable or even a beach barbecue where I'm eating a lot of cooked chicken and meat and stuff. And <laughs> This answer is so ridiculous. I know. Well, hold on. <laughs> And the idea that if you're in an idyllic place, you know, you would have an outdoor shower to use and probably some sort of toilet building nearby, you know, like a park building. This is the worst. This is such a bad answer. Five years. I could do it. No, oh, there's no way. Yeah. You're having to find some public facility to take a shower and go to the bathroom. You're on a beach. So every time you go in and out of your tent, we haven't even talked about what kind of tent it is. You're dragging sand in, sand's all up in your bed. You want a glass of water? You're pouring it out of some plastic jug that might be inside, might be outside. You don't know. This is terrible. You're going to cook over a campfire. So every time you want to make a meal, you're going to track down some beach lumber, build a fire by rubbing <laughs> sticks together. <laughs> this, is, this is what you're doing. This is it. That's how inspirational a beach is for you. Yes. And having been to a few beaches, I don't have to be really in the literal sand. I can be off, you know, back in the trees a little bit, find a nice clearing that's grassy, not sandy. You know, the only thing that I would readily admit is I don't know how I would deal with refrigeration of foods because I would still want to eat normal foods, but... Oh, there's no chance. Yeah, that's the tough part, right? I got two words for you. Wild pigs. <laughs> no, but they're not, <laughs> they're yes. not so bad. They're definitely not as bad as the wild chimpanzee attacking me in an alley. They're coming for your food. I think I can fend those off, but let's talk about the tent for a second. So obviously I've got to do my job uh, as an architect with our company and I've got to do a great job. So the tent's got to be tall enough for me to at least have a sitting position, you know, a desk or something. 
And I would hope that this tent at least has a cot or a blow up mattress. I don't need a regular old bed because of the obvious nature of this hypothetical is that you're giving up all of the normal things for this idyllic setting, this beautiful, amazing beach. And if it's on an island that you can roam around in, that's pretty amazing. And I'm not talking Tom Hanks castaway either. Yeah, no, that would actually probably be better than what I'm imagining. You're going to have like tourists walking around your tent, (laughs) trying to sell you bracelets and tourist trap items. This is terrible. I would be a social media icon because of it. (laughs) That's why they would be visiting me. (laughs) You would TikTok your life in addition to doing your job. Yeah, I would journal the hell out of it, make a book out of it, make a a lot of money off the book after five years if I'm still alive. Journal? How old are you? That's what you're going to be doing on your island? Fighting off wild pigs with your loose leaf notebook? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I would have my computer, of course, but I would need a a small generator, which makes a lot of noise, but we could plug it into the toilet building. (laughs) Just don't worry about the generator noise. (laughs) You know, I'm having fun with this answer because the opposite side of this answer is not much better. No, you know what? Look, let's get into that. Yeah. I'll just leave the rest of that answer alone because it's so clear and obvious that that's the wrong answer that I don't even need to destroy it. it. It's incredible. It's the worst. Think of the sunrises and the sunsets. Let's leave it at that. You do know that there is bad weather even in nice places too. Oh, yes, of course. I've seen it. Yes. Okay. So clearly based on my response. You have to go with the mansion. I mean, even if it's like mm-hmm. a regular house, that's it's the tent is the killer. It's ridiculous. So even if you think of like what the worst possible environment is. Yeah, yeah. Describe your worst possible environment. You know what it was? It was like next to the train tracks or something. Because you could just like hermit yourself up in this giant house. You could say, well, what kind of mansion are we talking about? Are we talking about bowling alley in the basement mansion? Or are we talking about just more rooms than I need? Highly comfortable living. Yeah, very nice. If I want a cold Gourmet beverage. kitchen. Yes. yes. I can cook. I can, I can sit down on a heated toilet when I want to. You know, have a nice little bidet, take care of business, all that stuff. But not only are you surrounded by train tracks, you're surrounded by the slums of that place that you're in. You're surrounded by noisy neighbors that are always clanging their beer bottles out into the driveway around you. But it's a mansion. So clearly I have barium impregnated vinyl in my walls to like reduce the STC so that noise outside the house is mitigated, right? So I'm not worried about that. It's a mansion for God's sake. So that's covered. Not worried about that. Now here's the thing. On an island... Like, you can't get deliveries. You don't have an address. Like, you don't have an address for your tent. I can be Amazon and everything up if I need. I don't need to. Let's say that the city, everything around me is terrible. I don't need to even go outside. I just have Amazon drop. Just drop me everything I need. Everything. You know, it's funny. I don't really use Amazon that much, but I, you're, you're twisting the idea around a little bit because the idea that you're in a tent means you can still have resources to go to the grocery store or go get the things you need. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, again, this is not Tom Hanks and Castaway. No, no, no. I'm not saying you don't need Amazon if you're, if you're in the tent scenario because let's admit it. You got to go to the grocery store like every day. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have any refrigeration <laughs> and wild pigs are going to eat yeah. anything you leave in the tent. Yeah. You're really fixated on wild pigs. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I live in an amazing house in like the whatever you can imagine is the worst surrounding environment possible, I don't ever have to leave that house. 
Yeah, but what kind of life is that? Where's your experiences? Are you, is it because you have Netflix and you just binge watch everything known to man? Oh my God. I would watch everything on the internet. That five mm-hmm. years later, I'd come out. You better have a really good fitness center with this mansion too. <laughs> of, of, co- of course there's a gym, you know, and we didn't even mm-hmm. say that I couldn't bring in somebody, right? I could bring in a trainer if I wanted to. If you yeah. brought in a trainer, you're going to be swimming underwater, carrying rocks, like the, doing the Hawaiian yeah, workout. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought about the survivor analogy here too, you know, which is a show I like, but it scares the hell out of me because of that whole, you know, again, I'm not the best camper. I'm more of a glamper, but you know, it's something I'd be willing to try for the experience because I would not want to be in the armpit of name your place, the worst possible yeah. place. Armpit, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. Armpits and armpit, right? And everybody around you would resent the hell out of you. They would be like trying to storm the castle as it were. No, I'm having parties, bro. <laughs> You're going to make everybody your buddy and your friend. Yes. We're having keggers at my house. Yeah. You'll have plenty of stuff for them. That's true. But they're going to leave the place a disaster. You're going to be so sick of that. Just outside. Yeah. Well. So let's do this. If we were to put a twist on it. See, it's the tent that ruins the other one. I told you when, when you kind of suggested this idea and, we were, and I was saying, well, you can't name a place that's an armpit because those people will be offended. Yes. I said a yurt. And you said no. Yes, you did. Yeah, because the idea of the hypothetical is you got to have some extremes to really measure it against, which is why you're making me so wrong, because a tent is a scary proposition. Yeah, it's it, it makes it untenable. I think that I think just about anybody who no, would listen to this. No, I don't this, think so. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, technically you could say a yurt is a tent. I mean, you can pack it up and you can move it. Yes, it's a comfortable environment. Um, it's more of a true room. There, it's a real domicile. Now, is it really comfortable? It's still only one room, though. So, I mean, it, it meets every definition of what a tent is. And I went, now I'd have a much harder decision to make if it was a yurt type tent as opposed to like a camping tent where I have like one layer, you know, with like a screen, like a, a rain screen on top of it. And that's so terrible. A yurt, you actually go, well, I have like a door that you go in and out. And it, if it's cold, then it's still warm inside the tent. Now, you're having to live in a, in a warm weather environment so that you don't get cold in your, in your tent. Absolutely. But you could put a bed in a yurt. Yeah. You don't have to sleep on an air mattress. Like everything becomes yeah. a little bit more like reasonable, even though you're still living in a yurt. Like it's not like that's awesome, but clearly it can be done. Because there are, there are people that have done it for generations. Being a fan of many of your hypotheticals, I think the key here is that even if a tent is pretty horrible, you can get used to anything after a week or a month or six months. And I think it's a style of living that obviously goes way back in the history of time. I'm not going to argue the yurt's a little bit better, but I think the yurt sort of kills the spirit of the idea. And a yurt, I wouldn't want to be in, uh, you, you said Hawaii earlier, I wouldn't want to be in Hawaii or Bora Bora or any exotic tropical location in a yurt because that thing will be super hot. Uh, you'll have to ventilate the heck out of it. Well, they do have a hole in the top to let smoke out. Sure. Yep. Prop open your animal hide front door and you get the Venturi effect. Air comes in the front door and up through the top. Mm-hmm. You could make it work. I don't know. I think I like the challenge of a tent just because we're talking hypotheticals here. And I don't want to be in the armpit of anywhere. Just no, no bueno. Yeah. So if we, if we, like I, I like to do, I like to say, look, what this question is really about is would you be willing to sacrifice some personal creature comforts 
like a toilet for paradise. Yeah, for living in a place that you that you view as paradise. You're a very outdoorsy kind of guy. You're always going for walks and hikes and that kind of stuff. It'd be very, very important to you. The idea of being holed up anywhere to you is probably like death. That's just a different type of death, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Whereas I'm thinking more of like actual dying at the tusks of a wild hog. That, I mean, because <laughs> you're going to get that. You're absolutely going to get bear, that. If I'm you're not afraid of wild hogs. Uh, you haven't met the right kind of hogs then. We saw some ones that were in uh, the Caribbean, the swimming pigs. We went uh-huh. to the island where the swimming pigs were. And everyone yes. thought it was great until they weren't happy. And people were like screaming. <laughs> and they don't have any tusks. They're like, give no. me more bread. And you're like, I don't have any more bread. And then they would kind of attack you for a second. Yeah. <laughs> people would run into the water. Those are pigs in captivity. No, they're free range pigs. They actually have a place they go back to. Like the, the guys that actually live on that island. They're their pigs. They just mm. let a couple of them down, wander the beach. And all those pigs know that other people will come down to the off their boats and feed them oranges and scraps and bread and whatever. And they love it. But man, let me tell you. And they constantly eat because that's what pigs do. Yes. Like they will they will keep eating as long as there is food to eat. Well, we my idyllic setting would not have wild pigs or wild boars. My idyllic setting would would <laughs> be would you know, again, using Hawaii as of the place. They don't have snakes, they don't have spiders that are poisonous. They don't have stuff that that'll mess with you like in a lot of places. I would not do a tent in Australia, which I know is a really lovely place but has the most dangerous critters in the world. When I was a little kid, I used to be fascinated to go look at like a 10 most deadly snakes in the world. Like seven of them are in Australia. Yeah, pass. The top 10 most deadly spiders. They're all in Australia. Like everything yeah. that's deadly lives in Australia. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my Australian friends that are obviously tougher bastards than we are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so we look at this and you're the outdoors, got to get out, wander you know, can't hold you down, free spirit kind of guy. Have life experiences, yeah. Yeah, whereas I'm like, man, give me like a good movie theater room. <laughs> and You'll never miss and, any football games or any basketball games, that's for sure. Yeah, you know what? I could play basketball at my indoor basketball court. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd be really good after five years. Well, at least I'd make free throws, right? I could do that. Yes. You know, I don't have that one-on-one skills, right? Because it's just like me. That's something right. else we didn't talk about. Like, is it our significant others, our family also? Do you have like other people in this tent with you? Well, my girlfriend said she's out. So I have to be really careful with this one. She's not going to the <laughs> tent. <laughs> Look, everyone knows that she's smarter than you are. Yes, that, that is absolutely true. But in the spirit of a hypothetical, living in a tent for five years to still do our job, the, our amazing job that we get to do every day, and then open that tent flap door and look at an amazing sunrise with a cool silhouette of, you know, these tropical hills and mountains and palm trees and the breezes. Oh, my gosh. The tropical air. It's amazing. It's worth it. Yeah, but for some people, they don't want to go to the beach. So for them, an idyllic best possible location could be a, a cabin remotely located you know, in the Norwegian fjords or something, mm-hmm. right? But we didn't say cabin. Yeah, it's tent or yurt. Maybe yurt for your purposes. <laughs> yeah, or I could just say like some, stro- you know, the idea is that like- It's the least amount of shelter. Well, somebody might look at it and say, hey, the most ideal place for me is a cabin in the middle of nowhere in the fjords of Norway. And someone go, the worst place for me is a blah, blah, blah in the fjords of Norway. Right. right? I mean, like, what one person loves, the other person doesn't. So it's a bit all over the place. So that's why I kind of distilled it down into quality of life. 
And for me, quality life, it's kind of the idea, you know, like um, when you're driving your car, they'll say the most accidents happen within five miles of your house. Yes. And I always thought, well, of course, because you drive zero to five miles more than you drive anything else. So statistically speaking, of course, that's where the vast majority of accidents are going to take place. I think that's a great point. Yeah. And I also think to add on to that, you typically drive something you've done a hundred times without really thinking about it like a zombie. You don't focus on it as much. Those two things together, kind of your toast. Well, but if you extend that to this hypothetical, it's the idea that I spend more time doing things that don't involve hiking and breathing in the ah, the sea air or whatever it is. I mean, just the sleeping in a bed, using a proper toilet, taking a shower, having hot water when I need to, you know, at any time during the day. I think the disruption to your life, living out of a tent, the disruption's like 95% of your time. 5% of it's the awesome hikes and the beautiful sunsets. I might live in a toilet, but I still have a sunset. It's not like the sunsets are terrible in other places. The panoramic views are more, you know, it's not just the hiking. It's the panoramas. It's the the air that you breathe. I mean, in the armpit of America, you're going to be breathing just dank, gross air. (laughs) It's going to be polluted even. Okay, so let's sum this up. Andrew is fighting off wild hogs with his loose leaf notebook in a beautiful environment using the public toilet down the street, going to the grocery store every day, (laughs) having to fight off tourists from looking inside of his tent as he works, and having no deliveries because he's got no address. That's his answer. Love it. Mine is, I live in a terrible environment in an amazing house, but I never see the terrible environment because I never leave my house. Hmm. Your listeners are going to give you some feedback on this. You're a sellout. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I design houses for a living, so I know exactly how important they are to the quality of your life. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yes. I obviously have drunk that Kool-Aid, that the value of a house and the amount of time you spend in it matter. It impacts the quality of your life. Now, if I leave my house, which we didn't say you you had to leave your house, right? Like I could live in a terrible environment and go, I got to go into the terrible city to get and get beat up and kicked into the curb and <laughs> yeah and get beat up and, and you know and buy f- rotted mugged. food because there's no good grocery stores where I live and right all those terrible things. That's why you have Amazon. I go yeah I just Amazon man they would go like like a corporate they'd go man we love that Borson guy yeah for sure. <laughs> You, you're you're yes. reminding me of like the movie Wall-E, you know, what people evolved to. That's what you're going to be, the guy in Wall-E. Yeah. You know what? For five years, I think I can recover from turning into those people on Wall-E. That's exactly the point. For five years in a tent, I can, re- I can get back to my other wonderful life in a house. You know, you make a great point about, you know, the, the magic of a home. Back to the very premise of this, this is for a five-year window. It's a sabbatical. But it's not really sabbatical because you're still having to continue your life. You still have a job. Yeah, but I get to do it in paradise. You get to do it in a slum, a mansion in a slum. <laughs> that people go, God, how can you live in a slum? And I go, I do. <laughs> yeah, how would I, I know? Open the windows. I don't even know what the sky looks like. I don't walk outside. It's a good argument. That's why I liked this one. So therefore, I win. Yeah, of course you do. We knew that I was totally happen win right from the beginning. Well, let's just put this out to the listeners. If you guys think Andrew's right, you let me know. And if you think he's crazy, 
really let me know. Yeah, really let him know. <laughs> Fair let enough. Let me know twice as much. Yes. If you think he's crazy. Okay. Andrew, thank you for uh, participating in our hypothetical roundup that we're doing for 2020. Uh, as you know, this is actually called the hypothetical show, which I'm patting myself on the back. Like literally, you, do you see me here on screen yes, patting I myself do see on you the doing back? That. Yep. Naming the hypothetical show, the hypothetical show. It's genius. It is such genius. Yeah. And it's brilliant. I forgot to look at the actual date that this comes out. I want to say it's probably like the 21st or 2nd or 3rd or something so like that. So it's your Christmas gift to your listeners. That they'll never open because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're on holiday. So that's why we decided to do the hypothetical show. So anyway, thank you for your time. Uh, appreciate you playing along. You were a good sport of me poking at you with the wild hog, even though that's totally real. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And I'll see you in the office tomorrow. Yes, bright and early. All right. Take care. Adios. And we're back. And I'll tell you that I know that I still have a job for now. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. There's all these times when people participate and it's fun. Andrew is a really good sport because I think he has this idea of of just how great his answer was going to be. But then me being me, I destroyed him. Yeah, but he's always a really optimistic guy. He is a really optimistic guy. My wife always goes, why do you got to treat it like you got to win? <laughs> and I was like, have you not met me? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the hypothetical is about, really. Let's be honest. It's, uh, yeah, it's about the you, best answer. Yeah, you got to see who's going to win that one. Okay, so now we're entering into the home stretch, number three. And this one came courtesy of Mr. Hawkins. Yeah. And you know, it's a good one. And I don't mean that like they're not normally a good one. But I think there's some... uh there's some meat on the bone on this one. Yeah, and I think there's some nuances we can get into on this one. Yeah, all right. Let's get into it. Here's the question. You are a witness in a high-profile criminal trial, and your testimony is vital to the outcome of that trial. The authorities are not sure that you are in imminent danger, but are recommending that you enter the witness protection program. Would you agree to do that? So essentially that means, would you be willing to spend the rest of your life looking over your shoulder? Or do you and like your whole family go into the witness protection program? That's the question. Disappear and change your life forever. Everything's different, right? So since it's your question, I guess I have to go first. I think that's correct. Which I don't like that. I I like my position. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) So when you texted this to me, I went, that's a good one. But one of the things you didn't bring up that I really wanted to know about was this has all the bearing on how I answer this question. And one was, do I even get the choice to not testify? No. I have to testify. Sure. Technically, I don't have to do anything. Well, this is true. So like, here's what I'm struggling with. I like to think that I'm going to do the right thing. And the right thing generally means that I'm going to go testify and I'm going to do what needs to be done in order to put this criminal behind bars. But here's the thing. Is it a single person who's the criminal? Or is it a criminal organization and I'm just dinging one person as part of that organization? Because I'd feel less concerned about watching my back if it's one person. He's a serial killer and I got him, right? I'm the one that helped put that guy behind bars, right? Yeah. Wouldn't worry about it. But if it was the the Bada Bing family and I got like one of their top guys, oh my God. What? I wasn't there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that I would do that because my concerns and my hesitation 
falls into two categories. I'm breaking this whole thing down. All right. One was, would I be willing to do this to my family? Right. Like my daughter doesn't finish getting to go to high school where she goes to high school. And mm-hmm. my wife has to leave a job that she's like wanted her whole life and has now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, I mean, it would be really hard for me to disappear and still do what I'm doing. I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't think that you would. I mean, again, it's the whole thing is the, the premise to me under this is the underlying thing of, could you, if it was necessary, just completely drop everything of your current life and start over? Would you make that choice if it was, if it was optional, but it still might be a requirement? Yeah. See, that would be, that would be really, really tough. That goes back to the original, like, is it one person I'm putting away or is it one cog of a giant machine? If we want to make it hard, we say it's a cog within the machine. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that would make it more difficult. It's an organization. It's not your material witness in a single murder or something. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. And I don't mean this in a, a mean way. I mean this in a condensing the conversation down. For someone like me, I'm not a wallflower. I don't know how I could go somewhere and stay under the radar. I don't, that's not who I am. I don't disagree. Right. And I think for someone like you, for instance, you could probably do that without too much difficulty. Not saying that you're a wallflower, but you certainly don't seek center stage like I seem to seek center stage from time to time. Yeah. And I think that's the big kind of consideration because even if I went and said, okay, I'm going to go work in an ad agency, I'd still... I'd be making a noise and like going, let's do this. And I mean, I'd be putting myself out there and they're like, well, there he is. He's in San Diego now. (laughs) We found him really, really easily. He's going by Fred now, right? Yeah. But yeah, I know. The question is still is about, could you do it? What if you had to? What if that was part of the deal, right? It's like you had to stay under the radar. And I think that would be really difficult for you, like you say, to be able to do that. But I don't think I could do it, honestly. I mean, I think I would want to do it. I don't think I could execute it. The devil's in the details. And in this case, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Okay. So, but what if, what if it was more of a, an imminent situation and they kind of knew that you were in danger and you had to be that way to protect your, your wife and daughter? You have to at that point, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't think any of us who are parents or who have strong connections to other loved ones in our family who could potentially be targets as it were. Like I go, that's what I understand. Like, don't they have to like make it seem like we all died in a fiery crash in order for us to like, we can't just like disappear because then they'll say, well, I'll just go get his dad. I'm going to force him out of hiding because I'm going to go put the squeeze on some other member of his family that he cares for. Yeah. I mean, I think that's typically how it works. They like fake your death or something to sort of help you disappear. The other thing about it is that in the scenario we're talking about right now, it's like just you and your immediate family, like your wife and your daughter, right? Or me and my two children. I mean, that's a whole different situation. But even in that scenario, you're having to like not talk to your parents. You know, you're not talking to me anymore. You're not talking to any of your friends, right? Everything is cut off. That's sort of the question of, of could you do that or would you do that even if it wasn't maybe a 50-50 chance or something of you being in danger? Well, let me ask this question. Do they set me up with like a sweet new alternate like lifestyle like because i honestly think could i walk away from the being center stage 100 percent, i totally could i think i could but if i still had to make a living i don't think i could because that that's kind of how i make my living yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways but if they said hey here's this 150 acres out in the middle of nowhere on this beautiful forest and you got a sweet little house you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere by yourself and you know with your family whatever i go yeah i could probably do that i think yeah. i could 
if they were going to give me all the money that I needed to have a similar lifestyle to what I have now, let's say. Yeah, like if you didn't have to work or try to make a living, then you were somewhat set up in that way. I think I could do it. I think I could do it because the truth is, is I don't really like any of my family and (laughs) that's not not true. But I think I could probably do it because I go, well, what are my options? I'm not going to put everyone else at risk to say, no, I'm going to do the right thing, but I'm not going to go in the witness protection program. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't want to put other people at risk. That's for sure. That's 100% in the bank. But if I had to have a job, like what if they said, Andrew, we're going to give you the money you need, but you're going to work in a pet shop in Wyoming. Yeah. That's what you do That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That would not be the best, but I don't know. (laughs) You're like, I don't know. I like birds. Yeah, sure. I mean, in Wyoming, what it's got to be like meese or moose and caribou and i don't think they have those as pets though oh i don't know well i don't, I don't know what kind of pets they have in wyoming <laughs> yeah they just have like a giant lot next to the pet store full of yeah and it's, it's full of like deer and stuff <laughs> what kind of elk would you be liking to pick up today yeah yeah exactly. that's very much the what's it going to take to get you on this moose today <laughs> yeah they're like exactly. i'm gonna eat it i'm not gonna ride it <laughs> yeah that would be tough yeah okay so let's say that you break it apart and you say, you can't do your job. You have to do a different type of job because you can't just like retire. I mean, I would think you would definitely have to do a different job because if you're in the same industry, it's not going to be that hard to find you. Right. So you're going to have to do something else. So they're going to have to set something else up for you completely. I don't know if that would be, I mean, my guess is like you were suggesting that it's probably some sort of less visible. Yeah, maybe like a less visible job, but a much more under the radar kind of job. Yeah. Where you wouldn't really be any any kind of public eye, right? I mean, it's not like you're going to go from being an architect to being an attorney or something. No. Media broadcaster or something like that. They're going to have to put you somewhere where it's not like you have the possibility of showing up. Something where you don't need a LinkedIn account to, <laughs> to do your job. <laughs> maybe if I don't have to do it for the money, but I have to do it because I need a place to go to to maintain this new persona that I have. Mm-hmm. maybe I would ask for some kind of beach resort place and I'd be a, a bartender somewhere where I could oh, still yeah, talk see? and engage. And that's true. And find that one-on-one center stage. I got some funny stories to tell you. I'm pretty sure I can make that work. Yeah. Until Jimmy Bada Bing shows up. <laughs> Why does it got to be goes, Jimmy? Hey, it could be Louie. I don't know. <laughs> Frankie. Oh, such stereotypes we're running through today. <laughs> Fred Naismith. I think that's, there we that's go. like a that's real fine. name. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, but if we say, if we go back to the other part of the question, was the very beginning, you say, if these things are all what we just discussed them to be, but you have the option to not testify and therefore all of this goes away. Man, I got to tell you, I think I, I would really, I would really be considering not testifying. Really? Yeah. I hate to say that. I want to say, you know what? I'm a stand-up pillar of the community willing to do the hard yeah, things a, for I'm the right citizen. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of go, I don't know that I'd be willing to do that. Uh, It is tough. I would agree. You know, the other thing I think is, I mean, I put in there, but I didn't discuss, what if it was only you, not your immediate family or anything, but it was just you? Well, it'd be a drag. And they, like, you had to do it. You know, there was not much of an option, but they forced you to do it. It depends. Or actually, how about this? Not that, but if you were in imminent danger, but they would only, they would only witness protection you and not your family. They would fake your death and all that stuff, but it would just be you. I don't know that I could do that. 
I think I just have to stick it out looking over my shoulder all the time because I just don't know that I could be away from my family. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Do they tell your family, like for me, would my wife and my daughter know that I'm not really dead? They just faked it and I'm actually living somewhere else. Like, would they know that I'm sacrificing this for their safety? I would assume they would know that, but they probably wouldn't know where you ended up. I mean, like they would know that you were going into witness protection, but that would be it. Like they wouldn't have any way to get a contact you. If that was true, then I think it makes it a lot easier. If they had to generally think that I died. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is, I don't know which one's more selfish, right? That I want them to know that I'm alive Mm -hmm. because that would be hard on me for them to think that I'm gone. Like they'd get over it. Everybody, yeah. Loss is painful. It's difficult, but people move on. Yeah, you, at some point you get over it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think very selfishly, I, I wouldn't want them to move on. <laughs> you know, and because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really wouldn't be able to be around you, but they'd still know that you're alive. I think that might be worse for them. Yeah, actually. way better. I mean, better for you, but worse for them. Yes, right. Way better for me. Yeah, I don't know. I, and aren't I, aren't I the one that's really? Like, shouldn't I get a little something good out of this? I'm losing everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I'm losing my job. I'm losing my identity. I'm losing, like, what I do all day. I'm losing, like, the yeah. the very thing that defines me is who I am. Can't they give me this one thing? May- like, mm. we're taking him. You're never going to see him again, but he's all right. Yeah, maybe so. I feel like that would still make it difficult. Okay, well, if it was, if I did have to, quote, unquote, die, wink, wink. Yeah. Would you go to your funeral? I would, 100%. Oh, go I'd to your own funeral? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think I would. I, I really don't think I would. I think I would. I'm too nervous about what anybody would actually have to say about me once I was dead. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's funny you say that because it didn't even dawn on me to listen to what people were going to say. I just wanted to see, like, did anybody show up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You know? Yeah, I don't want to know that either. Like, four people show up at my funeral. Yeah. That would make me feel terrible for the rest of my quote unquote dead life that I'm living in the cabin somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd skip it also because I think it'd be almost impossible to show up. I mean, you have to have some really good disguise to make that happen. Well, you could have somebody record it, right? You can just watch the video. Well, okay. That's different then, but even still, just like you would see it. And I'd say, I'd go, Bill Johnson, that bastard. He's already hitting on my wife, you know? (laughs) You would be like, that guy, he hated me the entire time I was alive. And he's all acting broken up. Like, he's so sad I'm dead. What a faker. He was always a jerk. (laughs) I know. Then you would like obsess and go, what's his angle here? What's he trying to do? Yeah, exactly. And then I'd expose myself because I'd go try to like, (laughs) ha ha, do something to him. Yeah, that'd be. (laughs) And you're like, well, now I got to kill you because you can't know. Because I'm supposed to be dead. You're not supposed to know I'm alive. Bummer for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be bad. So, okay. I don't know that we actually came up with so many variables on this question. I don't even know that we had an answer. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. So sum it up. If it was me and my family, I think I would be okay with doing it. It would be more difficult if it was just me by myself. And that's my take, not yours, because you think it would be okay under a certain. No, no, no. I agree. I agree with that. It it would absolutely be easier if my wife and daughter were with me, because then I'd have someone to help me in that process. Like we're going through it together. Yeah. And not the misery loves company, but the whole, you know, it's the, the bunch of sticks versus the single stick. Like it's harder to break. Yeah. I think you would need those people. Yeah. It's actually less of a change because at least you have this nucleus of people with you as opposed to if I just had to go off on my own and start over and actually have to act like I don't have any family. Oh, they'd be so mad at you though for a while. Uh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I think it would be hard for me to stick it out. 
I feel like once I'd been about 20 years, I'd start going back trying to reconnect with them, even though I probably shouldn't. Oh, for sure. For sure, you'd like show back up again or write a letter you shouldn't write or... See, I'd be sending letters or emails or something. And yes, there's no question. Although I saw this one really cool show the other day where these people were using a safe deposit box as a, a means to communicate. So like one person would go and put letters and pictures and spin a safe deposit box. And then the other person would come at a different time and pick it up. It was like once a year they would exchange that stuff. And so they were never really connected. Mm. But I guess you could probably do that more easily with things like emails and stuff <laughs> these days. But... Yeah. I don't know how you'd figure that out. I mean, obviously I could figure it out if I spent some time thinking about what kind of cipher do you put in place? How do you let them know? Here's what we're going to do. But we just have a private Instagram account and they're the only people that get to follow you. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be, Hey, look, I'm alive kids. <laughs> but like for me, it would be really hard. So it's kind of like if I, I'd like to think that if all of a sudden I was gone, my wife would be sad, but hopefully she would find a way to move on with her life and Seek out new avenues of happiness. Yeah. If she knew I was gone, but I wasn't really gone, I just couldn't be with Then I don't think they could ever move on. I think that they're kind of have like yeah. the worst of both scenarios. Exactly. So. I mean, that's why I think I'd, if it was by myself, I don't know that I would want to do it. Or I would just make them think I was dead, even though it would suck for them. This turned into a Sophie's Choice question. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened. It wasn't supposed to be. It was like so far it. away from it. <laughs> okay, look. So I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to say that that's the end of question number three of our hypothetical show. <laughs> I would like to take just off the top of your head, 2020 has been a very hard year for a lot of people. And I think that, I think we've all lost something. You know, some of us, you actually got sick. Some of us have had people that we've lost. Some of us have even lost a little piece of ourselves. And I'd like to think that as we're heading into the end of the year and the holiday season and it's kind of one of those moments when you can reflect upon, hopefully, the positive things so you can move with some kind of energy and light into the next year to think about what you're grateful for. And I would like to say, Andrew, I'm grateful that you're healthy. I'm grateful that you're back. I'm grateful that you're my friend. I'm grateful the people that let us talk at them on this podcast. And are willing to listen to us talk. And they're willing to listen. You're all very, very important to me, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Take care. I will second those emotions. I mean, I do appreciate that we get the opportunity to do this, and I agree it's been a tough year for everybody, everybody that we know, and I do appreciate the fact that people take time to listen to us, and I do appreciate that you're my friend, Bob, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And, yeah, and, and you know, I hope it can continue yes. to be that way. And I just do, I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. And here's to a much better 2021, hopefully. Yes, indeed. Cheers to that. Okay. Well, thanks for everybody for being with us today for episode 65, The Hypothetical Show. We would also like to thank our media partners, Building Design and Construction, for their ongoing support of the Life of an Architect podcast. Yeah, we love you guys. If you'd like today's episode, please take the next 15 seconds and head over to your favorite podcast listening app and hit that subscribe button so you can get unbelievable new episodes automatically downloaded every two weeks. And while you're there, please consider leaving us a comment, and I would greatly appreciate it if you could take the time and leave us a five-star, monkeys are probably coming for you rating. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from this fabulous episode.
Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Happy holidays. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers.